Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to the Okie Geek Podcast, episode 49. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. And if you like tabletop gaming and miniatures, we have a treat for you. Friends of the show, John Russell, Tony Radford from Warlord Games are back with us. This is your third time back, guys. Love it. We are so glad to have you here. Welcome aboard. Thank you for welcoming us back. Thanks, man. And you guys have a major event coming up this weekend. Tell us about it. Well, first of all, I have to tell you yeah. that... Uh, I, w- I just came back from England. I talked to the guy's headquarters. Oh, I want to go to England. Oh, and, uh, in our last episode you happened. did with us, you were talking about going right, to England. Right, so right. so this has back. happened. Yeah, this is a thing happened, that has happened. I came now. back, and first things first, they love your podcast. Aww. <laughs> that just made me happy. <laughs> well, and then, of course, I said I'd bring you back something. Yeah. So I have to make you even more happy. <gasps> what has he got? He just dropped it. Oh, my God. <gasps> It's a fourth Dr. Pop. Oh, this is a... Am I right? Am I right? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I just got chills. Yeah, I just <laughs> and, got chills. And oh. then, but she isn't here, but she said she wanted to... Oh, and, and oh, oh, she got a TARDIS. Devin got a TARDIS. There you go. Okay. We'll get that. We'll make sure that Devin gets that. Devin, by the way, is just not feeling well. Yes. Um, it's okay. I, I think that Joshua's got a wedding he's dealing with, so mm-hmm. uh, they will join us again later. But uh, so so thank you very much. You betcha. You know, <laughs> and, and no, we don't have any miniatures out yet for... They just finished the first cast for yes. our Doctor Who miniature game, and there's a board game and a miniature game that we're working on. I, I saw some of the tests, and we're still doing play tests on the game itself, but they only had the first run of miniatures, so I, I couldn't get a hold of those. So well, the what game. is the... Okay, first off, you said there's going to be a board game. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about this Not game a yet? Thing. It's going to probably be like a, a quest thing or just... It could be a, a dungeon quest kind of looking thing. It's, sure. Yes. It, I had no idea. They, they're still trying to work that out. And what about the tabletop game? That'll Do you be, know anything about that one yet? Yeah, that'll be more like a, you have some miniatures or mm-hmm. and you lead the doctor against the Cybermen or the Daleks or Daleks, however you want to pronounce mm-hmm. it. Or uh, even the Zygons, they had uh, some of those guys all painted up. And it was interesting. Oh, my gosh. On the base <laughs> of all the miniatures, they had like the name of the dude, uh-huh. like Fourth Doctor or Zygon. And it was, it was a quandary because... Geeks would not need that, right? Right, because oh, that's a Zygon, that's Doctor, you know. Yeah, but but they put it on there anyway, just in case. I think it's a good idea for because a lot of times when you go to you like sure. when we went to TwisterCon, there were a lot of games where I would see things that I didn't quite recognize. Right, even even historical things, mm-hmm. I was like, I you pull something out of the Revolutionary War. Sure. Uh, it to me, it's just a guy with a musket. You don't right. know whether he's a, a in, uh, in the German thing. or whatever, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good idea to at least for the, the people who don't know, right. and they can still be able to play. You don't right. want to alienate anybody mm-hmm. from from playing these games, whether they're a, a full on Whovian or not. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and so we don't we won't have anything really good for Who at our event this Saturday mm-hmm. on the seventeenth and eighteenth of of June, but we will have Conflict Forty Seven. Well, we're we're going to have that. We'll have a uh, uh, set of the real books that people can look through. It's about 208 pages of fun color. And that's basically what happened is the war never ended in 45. It kept going. Mm-hmm. And this has got some walker tanks and uh, gargoyles and ghouls and zombies and, and Tesla tanks and shotguns and armored dudes and jumping things. And it's so a, is it modern and, and the idea that it's it's 20... 20- 16, but they no, 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 it's still 1947. Okay, so okay, so it's just so, right after the, right. the war would have ended, would have ended, but it didn't, but it didn't, yeah. and it's just going on, going on, yeah. So, it, there's a lot of neat little things in there. We'll have a rule book you can page through and take a look through. And uh, well, my friend uh, Paul Long will be running the game all day for us, so that's, that's gonna, be, fun. gonna be so much fun. And what's the name of the event? 
uh, Warlord Open Day. The Warlord Open, Open Day. Day. Yeah, it's this at the Reed Center. Uh-huh. It's the 17th and 18th of June down there on Will Rogers Road in Midwest City. Uh, it's right next to the Sheridan, so if you need to stay overnight, we have rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have, uh, we, we always start Friday about 7, but before that we always uh, swarm up over at the 45th Infantry Museum. They close at 4.15, but then reopen at 5 on Friday just for us. Oh, wow. So we have complete control of the whole place for about two hours, and they have personal guided tours for us, and we're going to climb over a bunch of stuff outside, and we're <laughs> escorted the whole time, so it's a lot of fun. So what, and I'm guessing the, the going to the 45th, I mean, since the people who do these tabletop, again, we're talking about Revolutionary War, we're talking about World War One, we're talking about World War II. Uh, the Thunderbirds Museum has got to be an amazing experience it for is. anyone yes. who Definitely. loves these tabletop Definitely. games. Yes. Um, just the stuff that they've got in there, the uh, weapons, uniforms, things they brought back from where they uh, yes. were involved at, uh, such as the 45th Infantry Museum, has stuff that they actually got from Hitler's bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mirror in there. Because yeah. there's pieces in there. It's just neat seeing some of that stuff that is sitting in there. Mm-hmm. And the largest collection of um, Bill Malden cartoons, because he was in mm-hmm. the 45th, so that's there. It's, it's a fantastic museum. And it's so chock full that we really can't run anything over there, because there's not any table space that we could really wedge something in there. So that's why we go there from 5 to 7, then we roll over to the Reed Center. It's only about two, three miles away. Yeah. Hopefully. And then we start in the first round of our tournaments for Bolt Action, the World War II game, and then Gates of Antares, our science fiction game that's really kicking off. And in fact, the first supplement, uh, the Xylos uh, campaign, comes out on the 18th of June. And we have copies. <laughs> so we'll have a bunch of those for sale, so you'll get it there first. And we'll be running that t- uh, tournament. And that tournament runs Friday night for the first round, and then Saturday has the next two rounds. And the reason why we kind of split it up is a lot of times when you go to a, uh, an event like this, you end up spending all day in the hall doing your tournaments, and you never get a chance to walk around. Well, this way, the tournament's done by 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, mm-hmm. so you've got another 7, 8 hours to go try all the other games. So that's why we kind of broke it up that way. So and we got prizes from a bunch of people, and we'll get to our sponsors list, the mandatory yeah. got to read, make money kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, everything's going great. We've got at least 20 tables of stuff going on. We have on the uh, Hail Caesar, which is our ancient table. So we'll have uh, what's called going to be called Recover the Lion. That's going to be with uh, uh, the Spartas, and, uh, and they're going to be getting – uh, the old like, king. This is Sparta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> king Leonidas is trying to get out of there, and that'll be on one table. That's our big table. And then we'll also have uh, some Gauls and some Romans, and then we'll also have, um, I think we're having the third table. We're Battle of Hastings. Battle of Hastings. Hastings. Oh. Yep. yep, so we'll be doing that one. And then on our next over, and I think I left a map, but we'll leave another map for you. Uh, the next one over is going to be then Black Powder. And the Black Powder we're going to have – uh, of course, Rorik's Drift, that big old Zulu, Zulu mm-hmm. Dawn movie, that's going to be there. We're going to have also, let's see. Advanced is the uh, Cortez versus the yeah, Aztecs. That's a big one. Which is actually oh, Pike fun. and Shot. Pike right. and Shot and Black Powder relatively mm-hmm. close. So, yeah. uh, And then our uh, uh, the beginner table was uh, Napoleon's Finest, and we also have Against the Thin Red Line. Yeah, that, well, that's the British. The British okay. and that, so, that, so and yeah. the, and the way we we did this, Michael, is we have tables at the very front that are called our basic set. Right. Tables. As people walk into as the, people the, walk right. into the building, they can go through intermediate and then advanced. So you can work your way up into the rules. And the basic tables always start every hour, so they end in an hour and restart. End in an hour, restart. The intermediates take about two hours or so, and then the big tables will go all day. 
Right, and those can those tables can take up quite a bit of space too. Yeah, yeah. Six foot. Uh, I think one of the tables is going to be twelve foot by six, and then some of them are you know ten by ten by uh, six, and there's some big ones. Nick, have you ever had a chance to play with with miniatures? Before? No, but last time you were here, you were talking one that needed electrical work. Yeah, that that's our main table. <laughs> I, I'm wondering yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, that's one. our main table. Uh, uh, Damien and uh, Elliot will be coming down from Colorado Friday to set that up, and that had to have electrical. Yeah. That. So that's our that's our main table or advanced table for Gates of Antares. Gates of Antares, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a big one. And then we have an intermediate table that a guy from New Hampshire is flying in to run for us, and then a guy from Spokane is coming down to run our basic table. And then our World War II table, well, black powder, I mean our, um, sorry, bolt action tables will be, uh, the intermediate table is going to be uh, early war, France. Uh, the basic table is point de hoc, and you have to like this pachinko kind of thing. You have to climb up the wall to get to the top. That's how you learn how to play bolt action. The guys from Tulsa built that. It's really mm-hmm. kind of cool. And then the main table is going to be our friends, the Freemans from uh, Missouri, Larry and Daniel Freeman. They're going to do a World War One table. So that's mm-hmm. our main tables. Bolt then, action is, is basically the, the World War One and World War Two, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. World War Two, and then you can modify it a little bit for right. World War One. But it's 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 that kind of it's that military warfare that was just right. almost modern warfare right. beginning in World War One. Right, right. And you just, World War One's really easy to modify the rules a little bit. The machine guns a little last year, and you got mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, ball bar and stuff. And last year. The Freemans did a fantastic job, and they said, we want to do it again. I said, well, come on down. Is there any way to incorporate any kind of air battle? Sure. In, in, how well, do you do that? Well, bolt action has air, aircraft rules, and you okay. can, you can, you can uh, purchase a aircraft for your army, and then there's anti-aircraft rules, and, and you, you can put the little model on the table and strafe. And There was actually a set of rules for air-to-air combat that just didn't make it in the main rule when they first produced it, but they put it up on our website. So you can download that PDF, and you can actually do air-to-air combat, and then go on down to the ground. Oh, well, that's amazing! So, so, and also you could do bombing runs, oh, yeah. strafing runs, whatever yep. you need to do from yep. the, from the sky. And as well. sometimes you hope that the guy was a good pilot, and sometimes he's a rookie, so he ends up dropping in the wrong spot. <laughs> that's not good. How embarrassing! Uh, yeah, and then uh, then <laughs> on our back. Yeah, it's not very nice. Uh, I've seen too many guys get wiped out by their own aircraft. It's kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> and that's no. why in the rules, in the rules, and if you talk to a lot of the World War II vets, this is the way it was. You shot at everything in the air. Didn't matter what, right? Because you weren't sure. And in the rules, it says that and you have to make a check to stop yourself from shooting at your own airplanes. And uh-huh. and, and and more skilled you are, the less likely you shoot something. The less likely you learn to yeah. shoot your friend, yeah. your your buddy down. Yeah. And then our back tables, we have an open area table. Me and Tony have been talking about it and. Warlord Open Day is, is just that it. It's an open day. It's not just all our products. It's Warlord, yeah, okay, 75%, 90% of it. But we all like to play tabletop games. Let's, let's get everybody involved. So we're also having some other guys come in. We're going to be running our uh, two tables of Zombie. No, two tables of Terminator. Terminator, yes. Terminator. Oh. Terminator. Mm-hmm. Terminator Genesis. Yeah, that's, a, that's a T2 type of uh, mm-hmm. uh, yep. world where the Skylab has fallen. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Tony's running that one, and then a guy from Colorado is running one. And then they, we were also running Project Z, our new zombie game. That's really starting to pick up. Everybody's got a zombie game. You know, everybody's got a, it's, it's like the go-to game. And we just released it, and it was, it's just, we can't keep it on the shelf. It keeps on getting sold out. So it's, uh, we just <laughs> it's released. wonderful problem to oh, have. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't think it was going to catch on, and they sold about 4,000 copies like that. So wow. So it was just like, That's it was impressive. huge. Yeah. Yeah, and now they just came out with a new supplement, the the Mini Mart. They have a, they've just developed. Oh, Mayhem in the Mall. Mayhem in the Mall, right. And it's a, a market that they've built, and you can buy one or two of these, and you can go into the, to the supermarket and hopefully find some food or zombies and, and it's all got, of a sudden zombies attack yeah. it's got the pieces in there it's got shelves and everything that you can set up and 
just cash go to registers town. tables. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then with the zombies, is it is does, does it kind of are you in are you in the zombie world like the world has already fallen, or yeah. can you play it where this is just now beginning? No, no, no. It's and that, that that's the beauty of these rules. It never tells you what did the zombie. Right. You know, it, it, everybody figures it could be something. Who knows? But what what you do is is the premise of this game is it's not so much that the zombies are there; it's that there's other survivors you have to fight with. Mm -hmm. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So the, the main thrust of the game is survivors are trying to find source, food, shelter, weapons, and it just so happens that there's zombies involved. So the zombies are a dynamic of the game. Nobody really controls but society's them. Society is collapsed. Society is collapsed, and you have to go in there and try to get 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 that uh, cache of food or find that turned over pop machine and hopefully there's still some pop in it or something like that. And there's also special forces guys, banker gangs, female gangs, male gangs. And you can, if you wish, play Dr. Puke. And Dr. Puke, he's, he's going to be coming out here pretty soon. They just released the, in the, the mayhem, in that mayhem, uh, uh, mayhem at the market thing, they put him in there and he controls zombies. So oh. they think that he might have been the maker of, we're not sure yet. So, so it's kind of interesting. So we got that. And then our other final table is uh, the, like I said, the Conflict 47. So we've got a couple open tables. That's we have ten area, ten tables set up for open gaming, and we've we've filled five of them. So, so if you got something you want to bring down and play and show, come on down. That's wonderful. What other kind of uh, games can can people expect to play? Well, let's see. Um, and then you said that there, there's going to be some other people coming in as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and so far we haven't heard from our pirate friends, so we don't think they're coming. So, oh no, we were hoping for them, but we haven't heard back from them. So maybe next year we'll get those guys in. So the fistful of ink will show up sometime, and we'll be able to take care of those guys, and it'll be fun. <laughs> but uh, uh, and we've got those guys. Uh, we've got vendors coming in. We've got people selling popcorn, people selling beef jerky, people selling miniatures, uh, people selling ships, people selling train stuff. Uh, uh, we've even got uh, foot sore miniatures coming in there. They do a lot of historical stuff. I know we've got stuff from uh, Australia, Dice of War. So we'll mm -hmm. be selling dice sets. Um, so it's going to be. And then we have a painting contest. So there's a lot of stuff going on in, in roughly 36 hours. What's the painting contest? What's what that it is about? is we have four, we have four categories. Mm -hmm. uh, we have single figure, squad, diorama, and then we call it transportation. And the reason why we call it transportation is because we're going from chariots to trucks to airplanes. So we call it transportation. And what you do is you can enter your painted miniatures for prizes. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a judge. We actually have... Uh, um, Mary Prophet and her husband Rick uh, Morang coming up f to show us how to paint, mm -hmm. and to, and he's going to actually take one of our uh, Concord drones, uh, one of our bigger drones from Gates of Antares, and he's going to light it up with an LED and show you how to light it up and and put lights inside of it. So it's really going to be cool. Oh, so they're and they're so they're actually providing classes for people yes. who just want to learn how to do it. Or uh, is, is it, do you have to be advanced to be no. in this? Or no, can no, you they're be really good. Yeah, Mary Prophet paints some fabulous stuff, and uh, she paints for, like, bombshell miniatures. You, every time you, you look in a catalog and you see those painted miniatures, somebody had to paint those. Right. And then uh, Mary does a lot of that. And, uh, oh. so she, professional work. Oh, yeah. very. She's down in Dallas. So she said, oh, yeah, I'll come up. So. Oh, that'd be so yeah. much fun. So it's really cool. So we really got a lot of, lot of things going on. And then, of course, you know, SoonerCon's next weekend after us, so we kind of help yeah. them guys out, too. And do you have any kind of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, any kind of fantasy work? Role playing. Um, role no. Playing. Well, no. Th th there is a game that, that we're promoting. It's called Frostgrave. Okay. But we don't have anybody coming in that I know of. Oh, we have Judge Dredd coming too. I can remember yes, that. Yes, Judge Dredd. Yeah. Um, uh, Frostgrave is, is kind of like there's a city. 
that's got some really cool stuff in there, but you have to go dig it out. And of course, this stuff causes people to kind of change or do different things. And so that's been, been a lot of people have been playing that. We haven't got anybody that says they'll do that, mm -hmm. but it is one of the games we, that we produce. It's not a Warlord game, but Warlord likes to try to help promote sure. board games. You know, it, everyone likes to push metal around, so you know we'll try to help people. Yeah, and any and uh, but I, I I thought Warlord games didn't you guys sell some miniatures that were more fantasy? Or was that someone else? It's, well, I, it's more, more someone else. Reaper down in Dallas does okay. that, and and we use some of their miniatures for for that our yeah. yeah yeah for we, we do that for Conflict Forty Seven or mm -hmm. we we actually uh, we're trying to get some more Conflict Forty Seven comes out in about two or three months and we're still trying to get our stock ready for that. So we're working on the molds, working on the spinning molds, getting all the resin molds, and I got a chance to see all that going on over there in England. But we just aren't to the level that we can start selling it. Yep. So we had to do some scrambling because we wanted to make sure people at least get a chance to play the game, drum up support. So we reached out to Reaper and reached out to uh, some guys that like Dust and uh, Gear Krieg. So at least we'll have miniatures that kind of look like what we want to play with. I do want to go over to this. What what does it take to make a mold to 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 create a? a I guess it's like a it's a die cast. Is it how is? Well, what it is 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 when you there's two different processes. Uh -huh. uh, actually, there's three. There's resin, and there's plastic, and then there's the, the metal spin. And when I say metal spin, what that means is there's a dude standing there with a big old heavy apron and big shoes, and he's in front of a, uh, a thing about as taller than this desk. It's a big square item. And he opens up the lid, and there's two parts of the mold, one top part and bottom part. It sticks together, and it's about 15 guys in there, 10 to 15 guys are in there, and there are seams that come from the center hole. right? So he puts those together. It's held together with pressure, and it starts spinning. Then he reaches over to a big old vat of melted metal, that's about four, four, five hundred degrees, and he ladles it out and puts it in the center. And the centrifugal force of that thing spinning pushes all that metal to the all end of the uh, mold. And he opens it up with big old grippy uh, gloves, pops it open to make sure it's all been spun right, and then he breaks off all the guys off the sprue, mm -hmm. throws the sprue back in the metal, melts it back over, and starts the whole process again. And that's how the metal casting works. Resin casting. Is kind of the same thing, but it's a big old block of plastic that inside has got the shape or form that you're trying to make. And right. you'll pour in the resin, and you hope it dries, and you hope it dries right, and all the bubbles get out because you have to shake it a little bit to get the bubbles out. Because if it doesn't, when once it's set and done, you open it up. If there's mistakes, you throw it away. Yeah, you can't recycle mm -hmm. that. And then the final type of casting is plastic. And plastic, uh, you have to make a die out of metal. You carve out of metal. And, and then it's you shoot the plastic into there and it forms up. It's the most expensive to set up. Plastic is the most expensive to set up because you have to get somebody to carve out the metal and get it all set. But then that mold lasts for, I'd say probably a couple hundred thousand, oh, a couple thousand. Which spins. is why that that's usually used for your mass production right. uh, type but things. Although it's more expensive to do to once create. You, once you get it done, you can over and over and over and over. Right. And you can mass produce these right. these right. plastic pieces. Yeah, the, the 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 metal spin is cheaper, but it's uh, they the molds wear out faster because yeah. of the hot metal. You know, plastic mm -hmm. just shoots in there and it shoots out. So that's the three different ki types of uh, casting that we use. And just to create these molds, yeah. it just, I mean, must take an awful well, long time. And don't forget, you have to step back from that, too. You have to make the miniature itself. So you have a sculptor that will sculpt a three-in-one. It's about this big, mm -hmm. about, about six to eight inches tall, and that's the master. And then they transfer that into somebody carves that into the rubber, wow. and then that's spun up. Now, that's... Now, some people say, well, what about 3D printing? Well, 3D printing is fine, and you can make your master that way, maybe. 
but you can't crank out thousands upon thousands no. upon thousands of miniatures with the 3D printing. You can maybe make your master that way, but you still have to make the mold. So that's the three processes of how you make these miniatures. That's amazing. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. My daughter got a chance to see all that, and we walked through all the little stalls and stuff, and she got a chance to watch all that and do all that. And she had, it was like, it was kind of it was a lot of fun. That's got to be amazing. I was going to say, that would be really cool to see, especially the, the spinner. Spun, spinner, spinner mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. That one would be really yeah, neat. You got to wear closed toe shoes and, and, and the, the vest because that stuff can spin out every once in a while. That's hot. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How long has Warlord Games been around? About uh, six years now. Six, seven six years, years. Mm -hmm. and and probably one of the I think one of the most and every time anyone talks to minist about miniatures I hear Warlord Games mm -hmm. so you guys have made quite a name for yourself we're in trying. six years we're trying slowly but surely we'll expand does it help to have these kinds of events to to really showcase what Warlord Games oh, yeah. is all about yeah and then we have guys coming over from England to talk about the next six months you know and and they're really friendly the the guys who run Warlord Games have been in it for. 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first rodeo they've been around. This is not the first company they've worked for. And they've collected the best and the brightest around them, and they try to take care of what they can, and they know how to do the business. There, there's bumps every once in a while, like there always is. But the bottom line is, is, is we're, we are the best historical miniature game company out there, I think. And, and uh, we have a good range. We play nice with everybody. And, and we really don't care if you use our miniatures or not, but we like to use, uh, for us to use our rules. And our rules are mm -hmm. pretty tight. And, and we realize about every fourth or fifth year, it's, they get some warts on there. But we don't want to change the whole set every time. We want to just put the new Aretta in. That's what we're doing with Bolt Action 2.0. We're, we're done now with Bolt Action 2.0. We're going to start uh, working on one of the books now. So we had a lot of great uh, inputs from a lot of people, and, and it's gonna be, they're going to really enjoy it. And we can talk a little bit about that next weekend. And it's, it's about bringing people together to have fun and learn history. So it's a good time. Indeed. Yeah, now, so, and, and, this, and with people coming to uh, the Open Games, the, if mm -hmm. they've never been before, if they've never done this before, mm -hmm. what can they expect when they walk in? Tony? Well, uh, they walk in, and very first off, at the, <clears throat> like we said, we're going to have the beginner tables set up right there at the start. So depending on what it is that they're interested in. If they're interested in, oh, I want to see how the Romans did stuff, mm -hmm. boom, they can go over to Hail Caesar. Uh, if they're interested in how Napoleon and the British were fighting each other, boom, then there's our uh, black powder. Uh, if they're interested with World War II, Bolt Action takes care of that. And in science fiction, we've got Gates, uh, and Gates of Antares. Those are all the beginner tables right there in the front. Uh, we will also have, if they're wanting something a little bit more um, Imaginary yeah. uh, as it is, or you know, they want, hey, I want to try fighting Terminators. You know, we'll have that set up on another table. Um, and these the are those tables are just an hour long. So if you right. show up, if you just yeah. wait around a bit, so there's going to be a new game. Coming. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. You could, I, you could within on um, like Saturday. Well, on Friday night, we're just going to have our beginner tables going. Right. Mm -hmm. But on Saturday, everything will be going. So if you showed up first thing Saturday morning, we start up at eight thirty on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the first table actually opens up at 9. Yep. And you could sit there, boom, you hit that table at 9. Go to the next table at 10. Go to another table at 11. We break for lunch at noon. Mm -hmm. uh, come back at 1, mm -hmm. I believe, and boom, you've hit the, all four beginner tables. And if there's something there that you liked, then you can just like, oh, well, hey, I liked how this one went. Boom, you step up to the intermediary table. Mm -hmm. And then you could go on to the advanced table uh, afterwards if you wanted. Mm -hmm. Um you find something you like, you go, find over you like you go ahead and go ahead and play. And yeah. the nice thing is, with this, with the way that we have this set up, no one has to bring any miniatures unless you're participating in the tournament, of course. Mm -hmm. We supply all Everything. the miniatures painted, 
all the terrain already set up, ready to go. You don't have to bring anything. You get to come in. You get to see how it is. Uh, some of our basic tables, they might be a little, because it is a basic game, it's not going to be too complex with too much terrain on there or too many pieces moving around on there. You can see how small it can be, and then you can see how big you want it to be in regards to how much you want to, how far you want to get into this, how much you want to invest into it. Because that's the other nice thing about this ga- these games is uh, with the way they have them set up, you can base the size of your army or the number of miniatures that you get on how big of a force you want to construct, such as with Gates of Antares, we have people that go out, oh, well, I only want to get, uh, I'm only do like a 500 point battle, which that might be two or three units. Some folks, they want to go, oh, no, I want a thousand point battle. And so they're looking like six, seven, eight units or more. Mm-hmm. And there's even bigger units than that where you've got people bringing a 2,000 point army onto the board, but then that's because that's what they want. They're bringing the whole entire 101st Airborne Division they want to bring into <laughs> a game. Right, yeah. So, and you know, there are people that, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's you control your you hobby. You control your hobby. When it, when it comes to the beginning tables, uh, how many people can play in, a, in a, on a on a table? Four to eight. We, we try to sell these tables so, up four to eight. Four to eight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all tables can take about four to eight people. So and if there's two, already eight, people like two or three or you know, two yeah. or three people there, you can go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd like to join in and, and jump on in. Mm-hmm. And now, so the way I understand miniature gaming is that you have a certain amount of points, and everything that you would get is a point is an amount of points you could get one big guy for if it's a thousand points you get mm-hmm. one big guy or several little guys right yes yeah and then you just uh you know what a, a basic squad is and in, in, in bolt action basic, basic squad is a sergeant and four guys 70 points and then if you want to add four more guys 13 points each mm-hmm. you want to change the rifles out for machine guns that's you know five points or ten points you want to make them fanatics that's a point each you know so you can kind of tweak your dudes a little bit and then you go into the battle. And then each unit can be anywhere from 5 to 10 guys to 12 guys. A tank is a tank. Uh, you know, so it depends upon how much you want to paint you know, <laughs> yeah. yes. or, and how much time you have to paint. So that's the big thing. How important do you think it is for, for those people who really try to stay as historically accurate to stay historically accurate when, mm. they're, when they're painting their miniatures? Mm. It's, uh, we have a lot of supplements for that. We have mm. a lot of painting guides. We have a lot of things like that. You can look in the rule books. You can look in... History. So it looks like you might have to go to the library mm-hmm. or you might have to go online and dig up stuff, you know, do a little bit of historical research. Well, that's provided you want to make sure your unit looks exactly mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. There is no requirement that says that your unit must, exa- you know, you must paint your guys to look exactly like the guys from the 82nd Airborne or the 101st or, uh, you know, there's a no, guy. Well, all the Napoleon's troops are supposed to be wearing blue. Well, well it's, what kind of blue? Yeah, what kind of blue? What kind of blue? Yeah. yeah. And that gets uh, to be some and real. It's. We know a guy that's here in town that has a World War II German army, mm-hmm. but they're painted up in red and black, and they have cobra symbols on them. Uh-huh. He has his tanks. Uh-huh. So then there's, of course, Captain America and, mm-hmm. and all those guys. My so. Napoleon's going to wear pink. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. <laughs> Why not? Why not? But it's just, it's how you want to paint. He's Napoleon yeah. and he's... We want to make sure that you have fun playing the game. Right. So, so there, there is a, it is allowed to, to kind of do your own thing, even though to kind of break from history. Do you, do you find that you've got your strict historian? Historic well, there's always a guys that says that's not the right blue. It's not Prussian blue. It's Napoleon blue. Right. Prussian. There's always those guys. But then you're like, really? So everybody's going to go into battle in their parade ground best, and it's going to last through that whole bloody battle yeah. with all that dirt and mud and muck, and it's going to be perfect and pristine when they get out. No. Yeah. So this one just went through the wash. That's right, exactly. <laughs> but that was a big thing too. You can get into discussions, which we've had, like, well, it's not the right red; it's it's faded. Well, it's been washed. You know, <laughs> the, the, the dye patterns they had back then weren't the best dye patterns. And when you washed, it wasn't a washing machine. You're That's beating right. a rock on a exactly. 
Exactly. We're just trying to get the stink out. Okay? That's, that's <laughs> big one right there. I was but, looking on Facebook. Uh, they have a Beyond the Gates of Antares page there, and a guy posted his army that he'd painted for uh, Gates of Antares. It was a Concord army, and they were all pink. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is the Hello Kitty army. Hello so, Kitty army. It, it looked great, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it was what he wanted his troops to look yeah. like. In science fiction, you can get away with it a lot more sure. of whatever you want to paint compared to the, to the other one. You know, I've seen guys paint up their, their, <laughs> their Concord stuff like Fallout. You know, blue and yellow. So it's, you know, it's what you want to do. I kind of want to go to one of the really historically elitist people and just bring out a purple and pink army. would be perfect. <laughs> it's fun to watch them just crawl up the wall. And then just flick them. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> just beat them with mm-hmm. that. Mine's, <laughs> mine's pink and purple and it beats your regular guys. Beat your regular guys, good. Yeah, and it, so once once they're playing, they they then choose with with what weapons they have, mm-hmm. how far away they can shoot. Yep, there's like ranges, range. right? And well, it's all a table, and you know, like a rifle and bolt action shoots 24 inches, but if you shoot over 12, then it's long range. Inside six, it's short range, or you know, so. Well, for what we have set up for Open Games Day, we're already going to have the units will already be set up. Uh, we'll have pages there or papers there that when you pick up the unit, the unit's going to say, hey, here's what this is. You know, here's you got one sergeant, you got four troops or uh, yeah. four uh, squad, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And here's the, what they're already equipped with. So you don't have to worry about that. Or anyone that plays any of the games, they won't have to worry about that. That'll already be set up for them. Mm-hmm. But as we go on to, you know, once you get past the beginner game and you go into like the intermediate and get onto the advanced, uh, some of the stuff may be set up a little bit different. So you say, oh, well, while I was on the beginner table, uh, you know, my squad here only had rifles, whereas, oh, I'm on the intermediate table, and oh, now my squad all has machine guns. Right. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. And we'll have people there that if you ask questions like, well, how does that happen, or how do you make that happen, then we can explain to you that, oh, yeah, you can upgrade here, you can add, take away, so on and so forth. And everything you do, that add, also adds to your strategy, of where oh, you're yes. going to put yes. your guys, yeah. what mm-hmm. kind of terrain mm-hmm. you have. Machine guns might be neat, but if I guess if you're in a forest. They're going to see, buddy. Yeah, it's it's kind of harder to use. Mm-hmm. Might be cutting down trees, but yeah. 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 <laughs> And that's all incorporated in the rules. And if mm-hmm. you want to go into buildings or, or and what's really unique about the bolt action uh, and the Gates of Antares, uh, a lot of a lot of us play board games, and it's the you go me go. It's the you go move all your guys, shoot all your guys, then I go shoot all the guys. In bolt action, Gates of Antares, each unit has a dice, and each of those dice are put into a dice bag, and you shake them up and you pull a dice out of the time. So you don't know when you're going to be able to move. So there's a little bit of strategy in that as well. Mm, interesting. So a little bit of random, random. Yeah, randomness. Yep. Yep. Oh, see that's yeah. A little bit of unpredictability in there. Yeah. That the old way. The old way I used to do was you just each took, took turns, yep. and and once you once you saw how that other person moved, that's then you either Adjusted countered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tried to find some way. To well, move. and then with this bolt action stuff, you start wondering. Well, I've got my tank over here on the left, and you got your tank on the right, but you've already fired your tank. So now maybe I should move some guys first and get those guys squared away before I shoot back at your tank because your tank's already shot. So why should I shoot at you now? Mm-hmm. So I have to think a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting. Mm. See, that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, it's, it, you guys got to come in. If you want to come in and look around, I mean, the, the price to get in is $25 for the day. Mm-hmm. It's $30 for the weekend for Friday and Saturday. And if you want to get into the tournament, we still have some slots left. It's $40. But if you want to just come in and look around, Tony or I will be at the front desk, and we can say, yeah, go ahead and look a little bit. Come back and tell me what you think. And if you're interested, pay us some money. You can stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's really easy. And we've got a lot of, lot of sponsors that are taking care of us. Uh, yeah. Andrew uh, Chesney is going to come over from England and uh, from World War Games, and he helps us every year. Uh, Ken from Litgo Games sent us a bunch of stuff. So did Matt from Games and Gears. Corey from Cigar Box, Matt sent us some beautiful stuff to lay out for the, the table. Mm-hmm. 
And then we've got Mr. Justin from Secret Weapons sending us a bunch of little 10% off stuff and little little goodies for your grab bag. Uh, Taras from Geek Nation Tours got some stuff. He actually does tours around battlefields for geeks. He's really cool. Adam from Australia sent us a bunch of Dice of War stuff. Bill from Footsore Miniatures and Tegan from Footsore Miniatures will be there. Hank sent us some stuff from Gorgon Miniatures. Rob from Historique. The Underground, no, Fantasy oh, Arc. Fantasy Arc. Fantasy Arc. Uh, they've sent us coupons for, I believe, 15% off purchases through their store. And mm-hmm. they also have, uh, gave us little hex, uh, hex crates for uh They're really bags. cool. And then uh, Abby Vigil's doing all our awards. Eddie and Rick will be at Top Deck selling video games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Ron and Stacy will be from Kernels of Candy selling popcorn. You've got to try their zebra popcorn. It's the best. It's popcorn, caramelized popcorn with dark chocolate and, and white, white chocolate. chocolate. Yes. That's it's very, very good. Were, weren't they at TwisterCon? Yes. Oh, I was, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff from Portsmouth will be there selling some stuff. Tyler will, with Whistle Stop, the train store. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and then we've got uh, my favorite beef jerky, jerky, jerky. Uh, yeah, Teresa Joff is uh, Joffa's. selling that. Uh, and then Adam and, well, let's see. Let's see. we got... That's what we know of for sure. Mm. We always got last minute stuff. Yeah, I you know I I really enjoyed the vendors that that were at TwisterCon. Yep. Uh, it was so many such a variety of places that you could go and look at what is being offered in the realm, yep. especially of tabletop. It's just oh, yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's we're trying to get some stuff from a co-op because they do every month. They do that board game. Uh, come on over, try different beers, and so we, we might get a couple things from them. We're still. In negotiation with them, so yeah. we're trying to get those taken care of, and we might get some uh, some uh, coasters or something. We'll see. Will there be board games also as besides just tabletop no, games? No, just tabletop. Okay. So far, unless you bring your board game down, and we've got, like I, I think we've got four or five tables left open if you want to bring down a board game. So if somebody wanted to bring down, uh, uh, the, the only miniature D&D game I can ever remember is we used to play uh, TSR, or no, no, uh, did, oh, it's going to bother me now. Um, there's there's an actual miniature game in D and D that was dungeon, back in the eighties. Well, there was Dungeon, and then there was you know, uh, Dungeon Quest, and then they had, uh, oh, what else did they have? They had a, they had a couple little, you know. And of course, Warhammer. You can oh, just yeah. pull out your Warhammer sure, and sure. miniatures. Yeah, there's a couple tables for that. If so you you, if you wanted to bring your own stuff, you could actually sure. just open up a game. And, yep. And ask and, us if there's a table open left, and we'll take care of you at the front desk. That's wonderful. So just about and and. Really, just about any kind of, of time period that you're, you're sure. really interested in. Yep. Uh, I like the variety of, that you have from, from sci-fi to, to ancient Roman. Yep, sure. Uh, it really allows you to, to, different, you know, to really kind of see, because mm-hmm. that's, that's the different types of, of warfare that you're talking about. Well, the Aztec table is fabulous. What you see, it's got the little Aztec village, and there's a couple shrines, and there's, it's, it's really beautiful. With, of course, all the Aztecs running around as they're painted up. Of course, yeah. 9,000 square feet of fun. That's amazing, mm-hmm. and and it, she said it was uh, twenty five for a single day, yep. thirty dollars for, for both days, for both days, and, and forty dollars for the tournament. tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? What kind of uh, people do you get that's coming into the tournament? That we've got anywhere from sixteen or seventeen year olds to fifty, sixty year olds. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, and what's really cool, you know, I've been doing tournaments for nigh on thirty years now, and this is the first time. Bolt action is unique in that when they play in tournaments. Your opponent will say, hey, wait, you forgot to do that. Or, oh, why don't you read all of that because you did this here. There, I've never seen a fight break out. I've never seen people get upset. I've never seen anybody throw anything around or stomp away from a bolt action tournament. Other tournaments, that's another story. <laughs> right. But I've never seen everybody is, is the, the gamemanship in our bolt action players and our Gates of Antares players is above par. Everybody wants to have a good time. Everybody compliments, oh, that's a great-looking miniature. And that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's really, really 
Nice. It's a breath of fresh air. And I also think, doesn't that also uh, say something about the bolt action rules that are so tight? It's kind of more different. I know you make changes, and that's why you are so constantly Mm -hmm. on top of making the changes to make sure the rules are tight enough to where you really can't have these arguments Mm -hmm. because that's the problem sometimes. I remember when we were playing like Starfleet Battles. The rules might be a little bit. So if you wanted to do something, rules say I don't, I can't, I can't do, do that. that. And so. That, so fights usually break out because yep. it's not the rules aren't quite tight enough. Right. Or right. if you play a game like Magic: The Gathering, oh, where yeah. it just varies so much, <laughs> I have heard and seen and witnessed so many arguments <laughs> oh, and yeah. fights over that game. Oh yeah, and you just it almost ruins it when mm-hmm. whenever yeah. the mm-hmm. rules aren't that mm-hmm. tight because you just like oh they're gonna argue or I'm gonna they're going to start on this and it's a little vague. So, you know, it depends on interpretation. Mm -hmm. That's why I love the the fact that Warlord games is so, it's so important that the rules be tight enough to where you can't have those kinds of arguments. The rule lawyer steps out. Yeah. Because it, it, yeah, it can cause, cause fights, but, and that's, I think that's why you guys talk about how there's always different, you're adding new additions. If you, you you know, Mm -hmm. because somebody's going to come up with something. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nerds or anything, they'll find oh, the yeah. loopholes right. and they will right. exploit it. That's right. Every time, nerds are better than lawyers at coming up with loopholes. Oh yeah, loopholes. oh yeah. They we, will analyze that till they find what they need. <laughs> but really, what's really exciting too is we got people coming from Texas, from Colorado, driving twelve hours. We got guys driving up from Colorado, uh, driving up from Texas, driving down, flying in from New Hampshire, flying in from Spokane, coming down from Missouri, mm-hmm. and so we've got it's starting to. It's the, the word is starting to get out. We're getting bigger every year. So this is our third year, and uh, come be a part of uh, history. Why has Warlord Games, I mean, it's out of England. Right. Why have they chosen Oklahoma to be kind of a, another hub for, for what they do? I don't know, Tony, why? Well, John's the man. <laughs> John yeah. has worked with them. Uh, when people have uh, come up with problems or, or not with problems, or were they needing support for a con or whatnot, he's – my name requested to say, hey, can you have John come run our tournament? Because he knows the stuff. Uh, John is the one who's he's been involved with going over rules uh, for the expansions, for looking at things to make sure that, okay, John, how does this work? Can you play test this for us? I've been at his house where he said, hey, Tony, we need to work on this to see how this ha- works out and everything. And so we can send the inputs back to uh, let them know, hey, guys, this is what works, this is what doesn't work. So he's the man. Um, just so happens I live in Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, and so that's why there's a possibility that maybe we might be able to get through some testing of the Doctor Who game. Yes. Yes. Here. Yes. And that thing is really locked. I mean, I've been around things. I was working for a company when the Lord of the Rings stuff we were working on, mm-hmm. and you had to sign badges and, and non-disclosure acts and stuff. It's even worse for this Doctor <laughs> Who stuff. It's crazy. It was absolutely crazy when I was over there. It was... Uh, there's certain things you can take pictures of. You can't. You can yeah. look in certain cases, and you can't. You can't go in certain rooms. It's pretty crazy without signing a non you know, an NDA or a non-disclosure arrangement or agreement or, or putting your phones and stuff on site. Yeah, it's just crazy stuff. But as soon as I can, I will come back and I will tell you what we know. Do we have kind of an ETA? Do we know? I know it's because it's, again, we're talking about moles. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah I maybe can't fall, maybe fall. And then rules. When yeah. we're talking about Warlord Games and its mm-hmm. rules, it, they mm-hmm. want to make sure everything is tight, tight. in there, and and yep. so possibly by fall. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we're working on that. We'll, we'll, cross we'll cross our fingers. One of the one of the big things that the the, the, the stumbling blocks we're having is that there's a BBC and there's BBC America. Mm-hmm. We've got the rights for BBC, but we're still working on getting the final rights for BBC America. 
So we can do some Doctor Who things European wide mm-hmm. that we can't do America. Oh no! So because there's a two different companies. You know, BBC so. America, if you're listening, <laughs> get on Please. the ball. <laughs> yeah, we, cause there's a lot of things that, and I know that, that there's a lot of things they can sell in Europe and in, in England mm-hmm. that they just can't sell here. And I'm Kinder I'm, eggs. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have those. I would love to have things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, okay, open games this weekend. Sure. Uh, I, I guess you guys are just really excited to, to put mm-hmm. this out. Sure, last minute panic. You know, we always got the last minute. <laughs> it wouldn't be World War Open Day with last week of panic, so. It's got to be insane to put these things together. And Nikki, we were talking mm-hmm. earlier about, you know, putting together the, the, the retro games Super from BitCon. Super BitCon's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it you is just have to love this to do yeah. this. Because yeah. you don't sleep. You don't nope. sleep. You, you barely eat, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you're just putting out fires 24-7. Oh, yeah. oh, you're putting out fires or you're running guys to the airport, running yeah. back to the airport. We got a lot of I was I was chauffeur for Super BitCon. I had to pick up the guests and... Yeah, it's, it's awesome. a lot. Okay, this person's coming in, and then this person's coming in 20 minutes later, so I have to hurry up, get them to their hotel, and then get someone else. And then <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, my goodness. It, it's a lot of fun. We love it, though. We That's love right. it. That's right. That's right. And the open game should be just as exciting for people. Yep. We wad. This is your, an open day. This is your fir- this isn't your first year to do it. Oh, this is our third year. Third year to do third it. Third year to do it. And how have you how has, have you progressed as far as we went from We went from the Hampton Inn at 1,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little tight. Good, Last year good. we went to six thousand square feet, mm-hmm. and now we're going to nine thousand square feet. Nice. And then next year, the twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth of March, we'll be in the same location, but we'll have no, a, that's May, May, May. Sorry, not March. Is it for yes. all? Is, all, is that also open games, or is that a different? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. our next. Yeah, we, okay. we've already locked in next year for okay. for our Memorial. fourth. Yeah. yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend of twenty seventeen. We will yeah. be. It will be World open World games. Day. Open games day. Yeah, and we'll do three days. We'll do Sunday. So. And that'll be also at Ed Reed Center. At Salt Reed that's Center. Wonderful. And it's a great space. Uh, oh yeah, it's fantastic. So many times, uh, of course, obviously for TwisterCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anyone from Warlord Games is listening, we absolutely love you down here, and would love to see some some more stuff from Warlord Games because it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. Anything mm-hmm. else, guys? Uh, and where can people find you on the web? Well, if anyone has questions for us or wondering, hey, how do I register? How do I find out more about this? Uh, easiest thing to do is to email us at Warlord Demo Team, all one word, at yahoo.com. We have a Facebook page. Uh, it's the uh, www.facebook.com slash WGDOKC. There's also an event page that's linked to that. I'm not going to go through that number because it's just a terrible And long. Warlord has us on there, too. If you go under events, we're in there, too. Yep. And... and we have a Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joshua it's, told us, so oh, we did. Remember the big thing? On Twitter, we are the Warlord Demo Team, but it's at Warlord OKC. That's right. So you can get nice. us anyway. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So at Warlord OKC. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Check them out and open games this weekend from the uh, on the 17th and 18th at the Reed Center. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to seeing you. And uh, that's going to do it for our show. You can catch us at o- our website, okigeek.com, also on Twitter and Facebook, at Podcast. That's also our Gmail account. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And, Nikki, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? On Twitter, I'm at Retro Robinson, and you can also find me on the Facebook page. Our Okie Geek Facebook page. And you can find me at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast. Also, rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with John Russell and Tony Radford, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. (laughs) 